Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Peggy has hit him big time. Check out the BetQL Network. Wagertainment for every fan. Get sports betting tips from the best in the game. Available on the Odyssey app and our sister station, 650 The Bet. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to Ace time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying warm. If you are one of the millions and millions who decided to not go out on the roads this morning, hopefully you're streaming us on the Odyssey app. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. I'm Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne, and we are with you till 10 a.m. this morning. Figgy in for Ben, so we get a little Figgy Fig action today. I'm, I'm assuming, Figgy, that's why we got a little John McClain off the top there. Probably so. Let's hit it yeah. big time. Yeah. Right. Are you working a double shift today? Uh, sort of. I'm doing half of in the loop, so oh, okay. I'll be working in the loop to 12. Gotcha. We had that at the station for a while. I can't remember when our producer... The producer in the morning had to do the morning and then half of the midday show and then. Oh, that was the regular over. deal. That was a yeah. I don't know during some national crisis or something. I can't remember what corporate. That was back in the CBS radio yeah. days. Yeah. They're like basically we don't care about you all that much, so we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> we've got a, we've got we've got Tony Romo to pay. We're gonna just uh, you guys make do with whatever. Today's crisis. It's freaking cold outside. Yeah. That's the crisis. What's the crisis? Sub freezing temperatures. Because I'll tell you right now what the crisis is not. The crisis is not who the Texans will be playing. Yeah, the Texans are nine and a half point underdogs to the Baltimore Ravens. We nine and a half, the disrespect. We found out yesterday, thanks to the outcome of the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game, that the Texans will indeed, hey man, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Let's walk up to the biggest, baddest dude in the in the jail yard and punch him in the face and see what happens. Right in the kisser. Right in the kisser. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I got to, I, okay. I, I was on a weird uh, YouTube algorithm uh, earlier this morning where it was, Guys that got beat up in prison. So I, oh, okay. I was imagining this specifically. What kind of a? That's a never mind. <laughs> I was thinking about what what infraction the Ravens might have committed, and then I was going to make very yeah. We won't go down that. So the Ray Ravens Lewis are nine road. and a half point favorites yeah. in this game. Ravens are nine and a half point favorites. Look, the Ravens, <clears throat> I, the the Ravens are the Chiefs. Pick your poison. It was going to be a challenge. I think the biggest difference is that hey, look, both the Ravens and the Chiefs both have really good defenses. They're uh, the, the that's why the the Chiefs are where they are. the The Chiefs just aren't all that impressive offensively this year, whereas the Ravens are still quite impressive offensively. They're gonna have the MVP of the yeah, league with honestly. a uh, with a different version of Lamar Jackson than <clears throat> than even the Lamar Jackson the Texans saw in Week One. So I think that's fair to say. I was, I was reading some things in Baltimore, basically about how same thing is. 
the the same thing we've been reading about the Texans versus the Colts or the Texans versus the Browns or anything. The this is a different game than it was in week 1. However, I do feel like people are acting like, well, now this is this is Lamar Jackson fully actualized. This isn't like week 1 where the Ravens beat the Texans pretty soundly, but you know, weren't all that impressive. I think that uh, I think people are expecting a thorough dismantling of the Texans. Well, clearly the odds I'm makers offended. are clearly yeah. the odds makers are nine and a half. I thought the spread, and we'll hear from D'Amico on the dynamic you're talking about, Seth, in just a second. The difference between week one and now, because you're right, it is strange now that you lay it out that way. Like this will be the fourth straight opponent the Texans will have played that they played earlier in the year. Yeah, and I feel like all four of these, you look back at the previous matchup and you go, well, "There's nothing we can take from that." You know, the, the Titans game, there was nothing you could take from it because they played the Titans two weeks before that without C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Similarly with Cleveland, same you know, same thing. The Indianapolis Indianapolis and Baltimore are similar in that they played them in the first two weeks of the season, where to me that was almost a preseason Texans team. This version of the Texans really started in week three with the win over Jacksonville in Jacksonville. I thought the spread would be – this is what I thought the odds makers would struggle with. Do we make this a touchdown – or do we tack an extra half on and make it a two-score spread? Mm-hmm. Like, it, will it be seven or seven and a half? I was pretty surprised to see it nine and a half. Now it's already down to nine, so I, I think that the I think the sharp betters are going to come in heavy on the Texans because uh-huh. um, they have a quarterback who can stand in toe to toe with Lamar Jackson. They right have a, the theoretically right, yeah. and uh, I guess you know I was watching some people, a lot of people yesterday, kind of almost apologetically saying, "Hey, yeah, that was an awesome performance by C.J. Stroud, but." There was a 75-yard screen. Well, it wasn't a screen. People kept calling it a screen to Brevin Jordan. It was not a screen, and yet somehow, I guess because he caught it in the flats somehow, they're it calling a it a screen. It was a short pass. Long, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was like 65 yards run after the catch. But uh, it was a, a very, very good performance versus a good defense. I think the... I guess what's the over under? Is the over under high or low? It's the lowest of the four games. Is it the low? It, oh, okay. it, it's forty five and a half. Okay, so that is a you know what that is a, a slap in the face to Deshaun Watson then. Uh, C J Stroud. That's as, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C J Stroud. Want to slap around? That Deshaun, is. I we didn't can do let me finish <laughs> yeah. to Deshaun Watson's replacement, C J Stroud. Stroud right, okay, right, right. So that's a slap in the face. I see that as a sign of disrespect. We got to find a lot of disrespect between now and Saturday. They're respecting the Texans' defense and disrespecting C.J. Stroud yep. if yep. they think the low is going to be uh, if it's the lowest of the lows. Yeah, forty-five and a half. Now they're all kind of bunched that's up. It's not like that's totals. a super low. Total, no, no, though. it's like a medium total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we know it's going to be Baltimore. Um, let's hear from D'Amico Ryan's. Here's D'Amico Ryan's on the um, on the Texans as compared to the week one version of themselves man you talk about drastic improvements our first game going against Baltimore man t- tough place to play right rookie quarterback right new new team new start going out to Baltimore you look up remember going in at halftime and like man we were right there right going against a really tough team we were right there a uh, really tight game and it kind of you know they took it away in the second half but you know, from there to where we are now, we've definitely grown. Completely different team, right? They're a completely different team. They're trying to figure out, you know, who they would be offensively with the new coordinator. But they've done an outstanding job. Baltimore with their defense, I think they've been probably the most consistent defense throughout the entire year. And uh, and we've grown. Their offense have grown. They've done a really great job. So you know, if it's Baltimore, <laughs> be, a, be a tough matchup. We'll see see what happens here later today. I would add. Seth, and then, and then obviously that press conference took place before the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game yesterday. Uh, Buffalo won 31-17. Um, 
I, I think Tomiko maybe not, didn't say it directly. I think he would throw himself in the mix of things that have gotten a whole lot better since that week one. Remember how many, both in the Baltimore game and in the Indianapolis game the following week, remember how, how many kind of procedural errors there were, with yeah. like game operational errors? I, they had to burn all their timeouts in the Indianapolis game by the second quarter. Most of that was on Bobby Slowick. Yeah. So I would say, like, as a team, I think if anything, I was surprised that D'Amico – had allowed Bobby Slowick to be at that point because that's where that's the test of an off of, of a head coach is okay. Are you sure that your coordinators, even though you're the defensive guy and Bobby Slowick's the offensive guy, is Bobby Slowick making that same mistake that so many new coordinators make in their first few games in the NFL? Mike Vrabel made it back with the Texans when he was a defensive coordinator was for the first time trying to do everything all at once. You know, like I got this brilliant offense. Bobby Slowick's thinking, I got to install it. We got to have all these gadgets and doohickeys, and we got to have so many people in motion pre-snap. Yeah. Yes, that's great, but you got to build to that. And Bobby Slowick admitted as much that they were just trying to do too much with new people and a rookie quarterback. And now, and that's why last week was so much of a full circle moment and a culmination for the Texans last week you saw them executing all of that stuff that they were trying to execute in week one, and they were doing it really, really well. Nico Nico Collins ends up, uh, you know, coming free because of a pre-snap motion that dictated a matchup, and CJ was able to go to him last in the progression uh, because he knew and understood exactly what the coverage was going to be and what the setup was for Nico as a late developing situation. Like, all that stuff definitely wouldn't have happened in week one. Right, So right. that's the... That's a complete kind of come full circle moment where, yeah, week one versus the Ravens and a good defense, you tried a bunch of that stuff, and it, it, if anything, it was detrimental. And versus the Browns, very good defense in the wild card round, you tried a lot of that stuff. And you didn't try it. You were executing it because it's what you've been working towards all year. Okay, so I need you to tell me if I can save some time this week. Do I need to go back and watch the week one matchup? Is there anything applicable from that that I need to go back and watch? Or is this, I think the, is this a fresh one of the matchup? Things, I would say Ronnie Stanley, the offensive tackle for the Ravens, was out in that game, and he'll oh, be yeah. in. So some of the pass rush um, the, the pass rush the, the Texans had some promising pass rush moments in that game. It you was 7-6 at the half in that game. You yeah. know, the, the right, right, game. right. I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. close game that's at where, that. And that's forget. where I'd say the same thing. Just like last week, or especially in the Colts game, uh, where both both teams can say, hey, this is a different team than it used to be. Yeah. Um, Blake Cashman did not play in week one. Really? So that, yeah. That, okay. I remember he was I, – I, I'm almost positive he didn't play in yeah, week one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I reserve the right to be uh, to have a, a poor memory. I did just call C.J. Stroud Deshaun Watson earlier. <laughs> uh, let's okay. remember all that. <laughs> We're all yeah. a little off kilter this yeah. morning. Um, but a lot of people weighing in that are up listening. We like that. Uh, early Saturday game, nine-and-a-half-point spread. The disrespect – it's a text. Helpable. Uh, I actually feel good about this game. To be to be the best, you have to beat the best. That's kind of how I feel. Like I, you look. Once Buffalo won yesterday, then you're gonna have to go through two of these three teams, regardless, yeah. right? You're you're gonna have to go if you're the Texans. And and by the way, I don't feel silly talking about this. I feel like C.J. Stroud gives you a chance against any of these three. None of these three teams are all time great teams. They're not. They're, they're none of them are generational teams. They're not. So you're gonna have to beat two out of the three, and to me, I, they're all like, we're, f given where the Texans are right now, they're all kind of the same. Mm -hmm. They all have reasons why they're really, really hard to beat on the road. They're all cold weather environments, so you're gonna have to beat two out of the three 
of Baltimore, Buffalo, and KC. So let's yeah, let's go, let's go, let's uh, let's play the one you've already played this year. So and as as much as we'll say, hey, Lamar Jackson is um, Lamar Jackson's a different type of quarterback this year, and he's he's learned how to use his athleticism within the pocket as much as out of the pocket. He did also lead the NFL in rushing yards for quarterbacks this year. So it is uh, it's still important. Running he's still that guy. And I guess my one big question is, all right, who are the most athletic quarterbacks the Texans have faced this year and uh, because they've they've kind they had a little bit of a respite in uh in a league in which so many people like there's so many quarterbacks that are dual threats now the Texans didn't face a whole bunch of them like I get down to like I guess Trevor Lawrence and Russell Wilson Kyler right Kyler oh yeah yeah because he was okay you know what it's funny I didn't even think of that because he was so tired in the game. That was Kyler second Murray game was back. exhausted that was in that game. game. He didn't look. I felt like Kyler Murray's legs were almost a detriment to him in that game. But that's a good point. Kyler yeah. Murray. Kyler. I mean, Zach Wilson moved around some in that game. Yeah. You know, Will Levis is is uh, athletic. If you look at the the top rushing leaders for quarterbacks this year, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, uh, Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's the last guy. They've, so Anthony Richardson, gosh, how about in four well, games? Anthony in four Richardson's games, fifth he was Russian. fifth. Yeah. yeah, that tells me there are hardly any anyways. Well, and yeah. he got yeah, – no, that's a really good point. Well, and it, and a full 25% of those yards, I think, came against the Texans. No, team. actually, looks like maybe about uh, 35% came versus the Texans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably most of it on two That's runs. my concern. Anthony Richardson and what he did very early on to the Texans was kind of an issue for the Texans was. to the tune of a couple of touchdowns. All right, um, the weather. How's D'Amico feeling about going into cold weather? We'll hear from him on that. And we're starting to hear analogies of the Texans and one particular dark horse Cinderella team. Uh, and we'll tell you who that is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, not sure where we'll be playing, but we do know the elements. There will be cold weather. Gracious that we have cold weather here in Houston this week. It comes at the right time for us to be able to go out, practice outside in the cold weather. I don't think you get used to it. I always say no matter what the conditions are for a game, you have three and a half hours to suck it up, and whatever that weather is, you have to deal with it and, and be your best in that moment. You're not the only one dealing with the conditions. The other team, they're dealing with the conditions as well. So it's no excuse, no matter what the weather is, where we have to go. Like, man, you have to be excited about the opportunity to play. And whatever it is, you suck it up for three hours and you play your best. That's D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, so people, when you walk outside to your car today, you're freezing and you're complaining or you're driving in, you have to drive slow because of the conditions, whatever, just know. 
This cold weather is a blessing. This cold weather is going to help the Texans prepare for the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. We yeah. needed Mother Nature gave this to us because we needed it. We I needed think, this um, cold weather. If I know people from the Northeast, Sean, I don't know if Maryland considers themselves. I guess they're mid-Atlantic, whatever the hell they are. Um, what they're going to say is, oh, they think that's cold? It's not cold. Right, right, This right. is cold. It is I'm really like, cold, yeah, though. okay, yeah, we're so, well, very impressed with your toughness. I can't believe, can't believe you made it as, as uh, long as you did while having all right. kinds of uh, actual indoor heating and everything yep. yeah i forgot i forgot that you're living in a in a cardboard hovel outside which actually for the most part of it, it's like 10 percent of uh baltimore probably does so um like incur- like the actual middle class yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the by choice because they're so tough mm-hmm. so then there's something to be said for that i think they also it's good the, the skill positions unless you're the miami dolphins who like everybody seemed to turn into a, a melting tub of like the melted witch out there yep. um, and had no toughness whatsoever. Um, mostly it's a skill position, people that you worry about. So CJ Stroud's played in the cold. Nico Collins played in the cold. Um, uh, Singletary played his first four years in Buffalo. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about that. Plus, if it's anything like the cold in Buffalo, it's not like it was a windy frigid awful cold is there freezing rain forecast or anything no i don't think so freezing rain's the only thing i worry about freezing rain temperatures in the single digits and uh wind those are the things that really screw up a football game if it's like 19 degrees and sunny that's just nice it's the warmer of the two venues the texans could have gone to kc's supposed to be in the teens it's going to be cold wherever they go these these next two games, if they're able to get, if they're able to pull off the upset against Baltimore, they're going to go to KC or Buffalo. It's going to be cold there too. So, they got the right coach for it. D'Amico's got the right mindset for it. Um, like, let's go. I'm I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for Saturday afternoon. There's a piece on um, NFL.com where they've got the like one burning question for each of the remaining playoff teams, and this touches on something you and I kind of touched on yesterday, and I'm guessing others have as well. The burning question for the Texans. Are the 2023 Texans going to be the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals? You know, a team that won 10 games, came on at the end of the year, young quarterback, good roster, flawed roster, but good roster, catches heat at the right time, goes into a tough venue like KC did, Mm. or like Cincinnati did in in KC, and and pulls off a big upset. I'll tell you the thing, too, about, uh, about Joe Burrow, was that that was when he was still very much in his uh, I'm going to take a whole bunch of sacks phase. Yeah. He, he yeah. just did not, like as much as people love to talk about how they needed to improve the offensive line and everything, sacks for the most part are a quarterback stat. There's like, there are a lot of quarterbacks that just generally behind a really bad offensive line, it'll hurt their performance, but they don't take the sacks. It's a, it's a psychological imperfection if you take a lot of sacks. And CJ has made sure that he doesn't, uh, like he's, he's flirted with that as a young quarterback. The Ravens were one of the games in which he flirted with it. He got sacked 12 times in the first two games this year. First game versus the Ravens, obviously. But he's very much corrected that. And I I don't – so I feel like he's more adequately equipped in that regard. Um, As far as overall offensive weaponry, though – doesn't have quite the same electricity that Burrow had. They had Jamar Chase. Yeah. They had Joe Mixon when, like, peak Joe Mixon yeah. at running back. Uh, T. Higgins. Um, yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase alone. Yeah. I, look, honestly, the biggest question mark for me, if you compare the Bengals versus the Texans or this Texans team versus any other darling, I have, I really, 
I've gone this entire season, and I really don't have a good feel for what the Texans' defense is. I feel like it's sometimes like, wow, these guys are getting uh, – they're, they're, you know what they are? They're a turnover-creating machine. And then all of a sudden that, that dries up. Like, you know what you know what they are? These guys are a pass-rush-driven team. And then all of a sudden that, that won't quite look like what you expected it to because they've done it in spurts and starts that they do have the ability with the right matchups. And as one of our listeners pointed out, I thought that Ronnie Stanley had gone out early in that game versus the Texans. Stanley didn't go out, the left tackle for the Ravens, didn't go out until the fourth quarter. Jonathan Grenard was just having some really good reps versus Ronnie Stanley. Um, and I think that that ends up being the big question in this game. Will Anderson had his first sack of the season and then would continue to be kind of close. I'm not just talking about sacks. I'm talking about as a pass rusher in general. Um, but he was he was a work in progress over the course of the first half of the season. The second half of the season, he really poured it on, and he had you know multiple multiple sack games, and just was more consistently hitting the quarterback, not just pressuring the quarterback. That's uh, that's one of the huge X factors. Is exactly what is this pass rush versus this team right now, and then what do you do versus Lamar Jackson, who can still, even though he's evolved as a quarterback and still very much hurt you with his feet. The Texans really haven't faced a lot of guys that are, that are at their peak playmaking ability as a runner. Like Kyler Murray was exhausted. He was gassed because that was his second game back in an offense where he had to do a lot more than he ever had to do before. So that was not peak Kyler Murray. The last guy they really saw that was running and cool with running was Anthony Richardson. And it didn't go well, but that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was a different team almost back then. Um, the text message, uh, morning, fellas. Sean, I agree with you. I feel like CJ gives us a chance to beat anyone. But according to DVOA, and for those who don't know what DVOA is, basically it's an efficiency stat, Baltimore is the third best team of all time. Yeah. So they actually might be a generationally great team. Now, the only I thing about that is the number one DVOA team of all time, best ever. DVOA is, uh, it's, you say efficiency, basically, like, you know, they try to take into account game situation and everything to see yeah. how somebody is at, they get rid of garbage time, all that stuff, yeah. um, and tell you how good a team is. I the, like DVOA. The 2010 New England Patriots were the best all time, for which they how'd rewarded they a loss to the Jets in the divisional round. To Mark Sanchez. They are, I'll tell you what, one of the nicest banners they have there at Gillette is the 2010 all-time DVOA banner. <laughs> they do. It's incredible. They it do. really was got like... got some big nerd glasses yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Was that number one overall DVOA? They must have been weakened in the playoffs. Did they have Tom Brady? Oh, yeah, did, they did. Tom did. Brady, played Tom Brady looked like a, like a stuttering fool in the playoffs because the Jets decided to do things like Drop people into coverage. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I'm just looking at. I'm. I'm just looking purely at Baltimore and their season. Looking at the schedule here. Um, I'm gonna throw out Week 18 because they didn't play. You know, they didn't have Lamar Jackson in that game. Uh, they they rested a bunch of their starters. So pre Week 18, they won 10 out of 11. Um, their only loss was that loss to Cleveland by two points. Deshaun's last game yeah. before he had to get surgery, where he went 14 for 14 in the second half. That's their only loss. They've got good wins, too, man. I mean, they down the stretch, they beat the Rams. Um, they destroyed Jacksonville, they, so they were part of Jacksonville's demise. We thank you. Ravens, thank you very much for helping the Texans win the division. Probably the most impressive thing, thing Seth, their last two pre-Week 18 games of the season, most famously on Monday night, on Christmas, they went to San Francisco and destroyed the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. That was a game where Florio said that the – 
Ravens are going to get their ass kicked. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then he was up. People were demanding apologies from right, Florida because right. everybody's so damn sensitive about like, oh no, were the football, were the was the winning football team upset by something Mike Florio said? They were actually. My dear. Yeah, they oh, were. Oh my goodness. No, they weren't. No, Lamar Jackson didn't even care. Well, they had heard it though. You know what I mean? Like Lamar Jackson. All I saw was like people were like Lamar Jackson furious about yeah. Mike Florio said. Yeah. Then they show the clip. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean people say stuff. Whatever. The next <laughs> the next week they beat Miami fifty six to nineteen. Team, which I don't know what to make of that. Like my, you know, my the, uh, well, Miami against it's good teams. Miami against bad teams. Honestly, whatever. if I were in Baltimore all season long, I would have been wondering like why? Why are the Ravens being ignored? And I would have been looking around and be like, wait a second. Like people are acting like this is just some kind of like little side story or something. And uh, the, I would take that Florio stuff. And I, personally, if I were living in Baltimore. I would have been offended by it as well. I think I, I would have sought out every article where somebody was pointing out that Lamar Jackson's stats aren't that good, and I would be yelling, "Watch the film, bro!" So you're Watch saying the film, you're bro. saying they've been disrespected. I think they have been a little bit disrespected and undersold. I think yes, I think they've been un- undersold okay. a little bit. Now, I do, as somebody pointed out, also one of our listeners, we we're talking about the pass rush, and you know, John Grenard has been good the entire season. It's mostly just been injuries that have hurt him. At, uh, when he missed some time, uh, Will Anderson has evolved as the season has gone along and he had a good game in that first game, but then he kind of went into a lull a little bit. He was still getting close and getting pressures, but the second half of the season, he really learned how to finish. He learned how to anticipate chip blocks and all of the, and how to handle double teams. Um, but one of the biggest additions by far, if you're watching the Eagles game last night, you might've been thinking, wow, these guys got rid of Derek Barnett. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. He's been an absolute stud for the Texans. So now the Texans have a three-headed monster at edge rush that as well as many other guys on that defensive line that have contributed in and in including in the interior. But that's probably one of the biggest differences is the the pass rush, which served the Texans well in week one, has gotten a lot better since then. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Derek Barnett last night watching that game. By the way, if you're just waking up. The Eagles got destroyed last night by the Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was Buccaneers, really ugly. Thirty-two to nine. They want yeah. to fire everybody in Philadelphia this morning. Um, if you were Derek Barnett, because he's probably still got a lot of friends on the team, uh-huh. would you have been rooting for the Eagles against the Eagles or been neutral in that game last if you're night? You're Derek Barnett. If you were Derek Barnett. Well, if you were Seth Payne. If you were Seth Payne and they waived you and you got picked up by a better team and you're in yeah. a better place, how would you have been looking at that game? One of the night? best things about being a human being is that you can have uh, multiple feelings about the same topic. And I think there's probably a part of him that was said, ah, take that, Sirianni. Right. Uh, and there's probably a part of him who's like, ah, it sucks for those guys. Yeah, like, I w- take that, Sirianni, but boy, I wish Brandon Graham got three sacks in that game. Yeah. Or like that. Okay. I would imagine it's probably like Dude, if you've got a – it's, it's probably like if you've got a – you know, like if you're divorced and you've got – You've got a, a counterpart, you know, your 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 wife's your ex wife's new husband. You're kinda like, well, like, you know, I want my kids to be happy, but at the same time oh. I kinda hope that guy dies in a Tesla okay, crash or okay. something, you know. Okay. I don't know, like a a fiery inferno. My ex wife's not remarried, but I can put myself in the shoes there. That's a good analogy. I try I like to that. I like to envision myself as <laughs> like mean, super cool about all that dying stuff. In a fire's a little extreme, but I like I get the gist. I envision myself as the opposite, like the yeah. guy that's totally cool with uh, the the new stepdad or whatever. But there's also a part of me that probably sure. would hope for the, the, the lithium battery to burn, burn, burn. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> It took they, all the firemen could do was stand and watch. <laughs> they they want to fire everybody in Philly this morning. The the our counterparts up there, uh, John Ritchie and um, 
uh, oh, DeCamera, Joe DeCamera, I think is the name of the main host up there. Joe D is what I call him. Joe D, I'm going to call him Joe D. That's what I would do. They, they're treating Sirianni getting fired today like it's fait accompli. It's going like to happen. Like it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have, uh, Mike Jeffrey McCarthy, Lund- I would have thought the same thing about Mike McCarthy, and yet there he sits. Jerry might still be four. asleep from Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, still awake, you mean? There's the like, oh, onesie. <laughs> <laughs> Passed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in Cleveland. In Cl- this whole thing about Jerry, yeah. whether it's in coaching or in life, he doesn't know when to pull out. Yeah. He keeps, um, like, he keeps, he kept, he kept Garrett around forever. He's probably going to keep McCarthy around forever. He's got paternity suits coming in from here Good and there. For him. Yeah. Good for him. All right, let's get to Good some. Good for him. How? <laughs> I'm joking around. All right. (laughs) Um, Let's get to headlines. Uh, Let's get to headlines. And uh, we've got an opponent for the Texans on Saturday. Um, One important Texan or a a Texan who's been kind of underrated, going to injured reserve. We'll talk about that. Two playoff results we got to get to as well from yesterday. A whole lot of NFL news. We got to rapid fire some things here in headlines coming up next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents. Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. I hope you're staying safe out there. The TV says it's an Arctic blast. So stay out of the way of the Arctic blast. Or have a blast. Or have a blast. During the Arctic blast. Have an Arctic blast party like we do with hurricanes. Yeah. Have a hot toddy. That's right. (laughs) Is a hot toddy just any kind of hot alcohol drink? I don't know. I don't know. I I always just thought it was like cider and something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't like the name of it. I think it's a stupid thing that Ole Miss does. They're hotty toddy or whatever. The Ole Miss people take that up with you. I think they got to think it's dumb too. Maybe that's like some of the. It was something that was like cool in 1937. Hot toddy. Like yeah, yeah, look at all hot toddy. Yeah. You may not even know. Now they just say it because everybody's been saying it for a bunch of years. Um, Headlines: Texans. We know who they're going to play now. Uh, They will play the Baltimore Ravens Saturday in Baltimore. Three thirty kick. You can hear the game right here on Sports Radio six ten. Seth and I will have you for. Texans countdown at 1230. These two teams met back in week one. It did not go well for the Texans. That was C.J. Stroud's first game as an NFL football player. He since has gone on to do historic things. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Lamar Jackson probably going to be the MVP. This is the most intriguing quarterback battle coming up this, this weekend of divisional round football. And there's some good quarterbacks left. I would submit that the four best quarterbacks in the AFC are the four quarterbacks that are still left in the postseason right now. You've got Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, after the Bills beat the Steelers yesterday. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got C.J. Stroud. Those are the four best quarterbacks in the AFC. D'Amico Ryans yesterday said, we're a much different team now than we were in week one against Baltimore. Man, you talk about drastic improvements. Our first game going against Baltimore, man, t- tough place to play, right? Rookie quarterback, right? New new team, new start going out to Baltimore. You look up, remember going in at halftime and like, man, we were right there, right? Going against a really tough team. We were right there, a really tight game. And it kind of, you know, they took it away in the second half. But you know, from there to where we are now, we've definitely grown completely different team, right? They're a completely different team. They're trying to figure out, you know, who they would be offensively with the new coordinator. But they've done an outstanding job, Baltimore, with their defense. I think they've been probably the most consistent defense throughout the entire year. And, uh, and we've grown. Their offense have grown. They've done a really great job. So, you know, if it's Baltimore, <laughs> it'd be a tough matchup. We'll see see what happens here later today. It And that was that press conference took place before – um, the Steelers and the and the Bills played. So now yeah. we know it is it is going to be Baltimore. We haven't mentioned this yet. Baltimore activated tight end Mark Andrews this week. 
mm-hmm. who's one of the three or four best tight ends in football. And I think, look, when you lose a guy like that, the best thing that can happen to you is you find some other solution at that position. Isaiah Likely has been a good tight end for them. They've got two he, really good tight ends. He's been really you. good. When Andrews was uh, like the same situation that he was dicey health-wise, I remember a lot of people saying like, well, Likely's just as good as Andrews and like not even close really, but still has, yeah, has to be accounted for. And in combination with Andrews, that's where the, the, the big issue is. And okay, how do you, like a huge, huge, huge portion of the production for the Ravens comes from their tight ends. Texans have struggled with their safeties. They've struggled with their linebackers at time and coverage. They've improved. Um, but again, that's one of those inconsistencies about the Texans defense where in any given week, I just don't know what to expect from them. There's times where, you know, going to the Jets game, I never would have expected that that was going to win. It was going to be when the linebackers looked their absolute worst in coverage. Yeah. And then there you had it. Zach Wilson had a career. Can Lamar Jackson outduel Zach Wilson in terms of quarterbacks who have slayed the Texans defense? Yeah, but like part of yeah, part of me would say like, okay, well, the last three weeks though, they've like they've been on their right. assignments for the most part. But the, but Lamar Jackson is not Ryan Tannehill or Gardner yeah. Minshew or Joe Flacco. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I was joking, obviously, yeah. about the Zach Wilson part of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the, the the huge, huge question really is just, okay, versus this Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson, who's a quarterback unlike really anybody anybody on the Texans has seen since the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, because Lamar Jackson – and Lamar Jackson wasn't himself. He ran six times in that game. Usually in any given game – the lowest Lamar Jackson this year would run is five or six times. You know, he ran five times versus the or six times versus the Texans, and then immediately was up in the double digits over his next couple of weeks. It's like Todd Monken and Lamar Jackson were getting to know each other and what that offense was going to be, and they found a nice balance. I think a, a little bit of the narrative has been too much that Lamar Jackson doesn't run that much anymore. He still runs a lot. He still led the league in rushing by quarterbacks. So he's still very, very much a threat with his legs. I think he's a little bit more careful and judicious about when he runs and the hits that he takes. Now he got, he got, if you look at his yardage after contact this year, I think it was the lowest average of his career yeah um and lo and behold look at that he played every game except for the one that they chose just to sit him yeah yeah i'm, I'm guessing the way last season ended probably affected how he you know went into this season yeah. thinking like i gotta stay the big thing for me is i gotta be available to my team and i know everybody before you get your texting fingers ready i know that he gets hurt in the pocket or non-contact it's cumulative trauma that yeah. they worry about it's the total number of hits. yeah and, and i think he's done a good job of kind of being he's aging the appropriate way with like his willingness to take hits or avoid hits Noah Brown to injured reserve for the Texans. So John Mechie, you know what? John Mechie did some good things against the Browns on Saturday. Mechie's going to get some more snaps. Noah Brown just completely banged up. We've probably seen the last of Noah Brown, but we will play homage to Noah Brown because I would submit that the Texans might not be in the playoffs without a few of the plays he made during the season. We'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour. Ross Tucker joining us at 725 on the show. As far as the other playoff games, yesterday, Buffalo beat Pittsburgh 31-17. The game was never felt really close. Pittsburgh cut it to a touchdown in the second half, but they just Mason Rudolph just ain't it. Um, and then last night, you know, to me, this will be the game where there's more ramifications and fallout. Tampa Bay just destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles in every way. Thirty-two to nine was the final score. The Eagles looked completely disinterested defensively in that game. Poor tackling. Jalen Hurts was not good. There's talk now in Philadelphia that Nick Sirianni is going to get fired. Oh, Jalen Hurts' contract is an albatross. 
The other big fallout from this, I was listening to some Cleveland radio this morning. Figgy's in for um, for Ben today. Figgy, in Cleveland, your hometown, they um, they are very distraught that Baker Mayfield looks like the Baker Mayfield they thought they drafted back in 2018. Now, how do you feel about that? Hey, I felt the same way. I'm like, Watching man, it. where was this guy? Why did they Why did they get this guy up? Right. Did they have? I can't remember. Did they have uh, Godwin and Evans on the Both Browns? Of the, last night. No, for the Browns. Oh, that was the oh back. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Nah. I had to tell you, like everybody, just like everybody, they did have an Odell Beckham and OBJ. Junior. Yeah, I was gonna say disgruntled. <laughs> OBJ. Yeah, whatever Landry. the hell that version of OBJ <laughs> was. OBJ. Speaking of OBJ, um, but the I, the whole thing about Baker Mayfield is like, uh, for one, I think it was very convenient for people. I think almost because people dislike Baker Mayfield for whatever reason to kind of ignore the fact that he was playing with a bum chicken wing the whole season. Like you know, like oh, back in twenty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, they went from debating whether or not he should get a a twenty year extension to one month later, like uh, ah, this guy with a separated oh. shoulder can't throw the ball for squat. So I do think that uh, you Browns fans figure were a little bit. I don't know. I think you just didn't like Baker. How did Mayfield. you figure? How did you feel about Baker back then? I actually like Baker Mayfield. I felt like he. I, I don't know if it was him or it was the team that kept throwing him out there that season. Yeah. I'm like, man, he need to sit down because the Browns ain't going nowhere that yeah. that year. So I don't understand why they kept trying his ass out there. Um, I think the. I just like the fact that Browns fans are probably pretty miserable about the fact that both the guy that Deshaun Watson replaced. And Baker, Deshaun yeah. Watson's replacement Here, yeah. uh, are both in the playoffs. It's like <laughs> some kind of weird sandwich, a train or they're something. The, I don't know. What it, yeah, very unexpectedly in the it, final eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like okay, the whole damned if we do, damned if we don't thing probably feels really real in in Cleveland right now. And that okay, we got rid of that guy. Yeah. Good, good riddance. Yeah. Oh, let's bring in this new guy. Ah, crap. Oh, look, the guy that replaced the new guy is in the playoffs. Do you think Figgy? Okay, this is the last one. Forget about the contract, because at the contract, mm-hmm. I think it's an easy yes. Would you trade Deshaun Watson for Baker Mayfield right now? Would you rather have Baker starting for Cleveland week one, 2024, than Deshaun Watson? I say yes. Yes, okay. I say yes. All right, that's where we are with the Deshaun <laughs> Watson trade. And with the contract, it's a no-brainer. Like, if yeah. you can get rid of $65 million on the cap next year, man. Yeah, 100%. What a mess. Um, real quick, uh, headline blurbs before we get out here. Jim Harbaugh interviews with the Chargers yesterday. Bill Belichick interviews with the Falcons. It felt so weird to read a headline about Bill Belichick interviewing for a head coaching job. <laughs> what a weird, weird headline. Um, and the Sixers beat the Rockets yesterday afternoon, 124 to 115. Most people didn't even frame it as a – or the ones I saw, they didn't even frame it as a, an interview. It's more like Arthur Blank and Bill Belichick got together to talk about things. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Bill I, Belichick doesn't read scripts, baby. He doesn't audition, Okay. okay? I think the Falcons actually tweeted out, we completed our interview with Bill Belichick. But you're right. Like, the scribes around the league are like, oh, no, no, no. Belichick's doing them a solid yeah, bite yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to them. Yeah. It's like almost like like Meryl, Meryl Streep doesn't do auditions. Yeah. You know, like you either, you either ask Meryl Streep to come do your movie or you don't. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. Um, all right. Payne and Pendergast with you. Figgy Fig in for uh, Ben Gary today on the show. Um, was D'Amico Ryans to Houston a known thing and a done deal even before the 2023 head coaching cycle hit? We'll have that. We'll have some leftovers from the win over Cleveland as well. We know we only got two hours yesterday. We know a lot of you at the holiday yesterday are just tuning in this morning. So we've got a few leftovers from the win over Cleveland, and then we will start on the path to Baltimore. That is next. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.